If you're not first, you're last. Let's talk to the pros. It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizapia, and welcome to Fantasy Pros, the home of fantasy sports. It is me, it is Dan Harris, and it's you, and today we're talking about league winners, because everybody likes a winner, that's right, uh, and of course, you know, there's there's also second place and third place, and sometimes even fourth place, heck, but you know what, that's not good enough for us, so we're going to give you our top 10 league winners today on the program. Dan Harris, are you ready to win, my friend? I'm I'll come in fourth. I'm fine. I'm fine for fourth. I'll give everybody first place. For me, I'm ready to come in fourth for sure. But I'm so excited. It's this is it. Less than a week. Less than a week to go. But no more injuries. No more injuries. Like enough of this. This is just killer. But for league winners, yeah, I got my list. I'm ready to go. Yeah, yesterday was tough day for early drafters, including myself, because I had Aloy Jimenez and um, in labor. They drafted, oh, I don't know, uh, 5,000 weeks ago. I think it actually <laughs> drafted last year uh, for this season, I'm pretty sure. But no, and that's one of the tough things. Whenever you're drafting this early, you have these moments. And actually, one of the players on these lists is actually possibly a beneficiary of this injury. Mm-hmm. But uh, no doubt, a very tough blow here. Um, it's it's kind of strange. It's in some ways, I guess, for those who haven't drafted, it's a blessing that it happened on uh, Thursday <laughs> and not necessarily yep. on a on a Saturday afternoon where you're know, not sure about the injury. So at least we had a little clarity. I was actually in a draft uh, two nights ago when it did happen. And it took everything in my being to pass just because I was unsure and I didn't yep. have all the information. And he kept lasting and lasting. But, Dan, this is tough, man. Aloy Menez is a great talent, a Tier 1 outfielder, and now he's going to be out for, looks like, the majority of the season, if not possibly all of it. Yeah, it's it's a huge blow. It's actually a funny joke because I was talking about this. This is one of the reasons why I don't go, quote, stars and scrubs all that much in an auction. Now, you can do it for sure, especially in a mixed league, but I do feel like if you spent in a, in a salary cap draft a significant amount on Eloy Jimenez, you're you're behind the eight ball right now. Like you're in you're in a tough spot as opposed to if you spread it around. So it is a big loss. I liked him a lot. He was a top ten outfielder for me, I think for most people. But as we said, we'll talk about somebody right now, one of my potential league winners, who this this may, you know, make him a little more enticing. And we're also going to do a little What's Trending with Dan Harris, one of his favorite games. And I want to remind everybody, we've got another few days left ahead of us for our Juan Soto jersey giveaway. So make sure you head to fantasypros.com slash MLB contest to get involved in that. Thanks to our friends at pristineauction.com. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts or CastBox, take a screenshot of a nice, beautiful, glowing review. I love Joe's bald head, Dan Harris's glasses make him look much smarter than he really is. Anything not like even real, that. not even real, just to look smart. Oh, I think like the Blu-ray glasses to, yeah. to stop because you, is that what they no, are? No, they're actual no. glasses. Okay, they're actual, they're actual glasses. glasses. But still, you know, I would wear them just to look smart. A spoiler, I was actually considering getting some of those Blu-ray glasses because I'm starting to get yeah. some of the headaches some days. Mm-hmm. But then I look around and then I would be just like all of you because Tags wears glasses, Yates wears glasses, sure. you wear glasses. Yep. And everybody just thinks that when you get hired at Fantasy <laughs> Pros, you have to wear glasses. But I'm going to fight this as long as I can. I'm going right. to fight all the headaches. But this is not a headache to win this jersey. So you go to Apple Podcasts, CastBox. Like I said, you write the review somewhere. You screenshot it. You go back to FantasyPros.com slash MLB contest. You fill out the little form and boom, you are entered to win a Juan Soto jersey. My 1-1, that's what I'm calling him, 1-1. That's, I think that's his new nickname, 1-1 Juan Soto. 
Also, if you've got drafts coming up this weekend, we encourage you to go to draftwizard.com over at Fantasy Pros. So it's fantasypros.com slash draftwizard. Yeah. Again, that's the site there. My apologies for uh, <laughs> inverting for a moment. I'm so excited about the wizard. Everybody knows that. But the MLB Draft Assistant is there for you with sync. You can sync it to your draft. And whenever league you're in, it'll help you make your picks uh, actual draft room goes live and this will kind of be your companion in the draft. It gives you percentage odds about when players will get picked. Uh, works with your draft wizard cheat sheets as well. And it's compatible in auction leagues also. So go to fantasypros.com slash draft wizard to get that. Speaking of magic, it's time to let the magic begin here on the program. So we're going to do our countdowns from 10 to one. And Dan Harris's number 10 is somebody that immediately when this Aloya Menez news came out yesterday, we talked about this because we were in that chat yesterday answering all of your questions yeah. uh, in the Fantasy Pros live chat. And uh, it's number 10, Andrew Vaughn. Yeah, you kudos to you because you said this absolutely immediately, the impact of the Eloy Jimenez injury. Look, Andrew Vaughn is a guy that I, I feel like I've been trying to draft wherever I could because it did sound like the White Sox were serious about disregarding the contract implications for him. You know, he's barely played in the minors, but he's a pretty experienced collegiate player. But now with Eloy Jimenez out, I mean, I'm going to be shocked right now if Andrew Vaughn is not in the lineup every single day. I think he's actually playing left field today. We're recording this on Friday. I don't expect him to be the outfielder, but I do expect him to be the regular DH. And again, He's just an incredibly polished hitter. You don't want to take too much from the spring, but he's clearly not overmatched. 286, 386, 490 uh, slash line. And he's got seven walks to 10 strikeouts. And that's what really makes me yeah. excited about Vaughn, right? It's the ability. When, you have, when you're a young player like this and you already have such command of the zone and everything like that, I think that portends success almost like nonstop. So I, I'm very excited about what he's going to do. And the fact that he has an everyday role here, he's a guy who's going super, super cheap. I'm drafting him way earlier than that. And I think he's got tons of potential to be an extreme difference maker and a league winner, if you will, in this lineup, in that park. So I'm really excited to draft Vaughn, especially now with the unfortunate news of the Jimenez injury. Yeah, there's no chance he doesn't break camp with them now, in my opinion. And and when you saw him grab that glove and go play a little outfield, that was, uh, well, <laughs> I mean, we are spot on with that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that the good news is Vaughn is somebody that we've been on for quite some time. He's kind of been a poster child of this podcast where we talked about in some formats and some sites, he's been buried in terms of ADP. Yeah. And if you go to our rankings and you look at the ECR, but you also look at Dan Harris or my individual rankings over there on Fantasy Pros, you can see... We have him much higher than most other sites, yep. and this was before the injury. Now the at-bats are probably just a lock guarantee. He's a college bat. He's polished, and if he turns around a season of, I don't know, even 265 with 25, 30 home runs, man, at that value, that is tremendous. Now, he will go up this week probably in drafts yeah. and this weekend. But I don't think he's going to go up enough to really make a huge difference there for people where they're, oh, I don't know if I want to take the risk. I don't think it's going to go that skyrocket, but you are going to have to pay at least a round or two premium, probably maybe even two would be my guess going into this weekend's drafts. All right. Number 10 for me is Frankie Montas. Hey, Frankie, how you doing? Frankie Montas was a pitcher that I absolutely loved two years ago going into the season. He was lights out. PED suspension came back was great last year. The back issue. It was about the back issue. Now, look, back issues can be tricky, and there's definitely some concern there. But you're still getting him in drafts as a fourth or fifth starter, pretending on uh, pretending on the um, basic uh, structure of your league and the depth of your league. And when I'm looking at Frankie Montas and the upside, he's got upside for 
number one quality starts at times where he's going to come out and look like an ace some days. And yeah, I mean, every pitcher is going to have their bad days, but if Montas can at least stay healthy enough to make 28 to 30 starts, I think he's a tremendous value, especially because there's a lot of unknown with pitching and Alex Bass was on the show just last week. If you miss it, you can go watch our mock draft on demand on fantasy pros MLB channel. And Alex had a lot of glowing things to say about Montas as well. And he looks good this spring. So Montas is my number 10, Dan, and I, and I have a lot of shares, so I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Yeah, ditto. Uh, you know, I've been on him and again, kudos to our news desk. You know, if you have the news desk app, you'll, you'll get notifications right on your phone. But I saw something with Montas leaving a start yesterday and I freaked out. It turned out to just be a ripped cuticle. So everything is fine there. I think you can still get the discount on him for two reasons. You mentioned, I think people are naturally skeptical of anybody who gets suspended for pets, right? That's just what Mm -hmm. it is, especially when it comes on the heels of an absolute breakout season. But then last year, right, that's going to kind of reinforce what everybody saw in that look. Okay, he got suspended for pets. Then he comes out and he has this terrible season, but you nailed it. Really good back injury, gets over the back injury, successful in his last start. He's going to lean into that splitter. He has the legitimate potential to be an SP2. If he puts everything together, he is being drafted. You know, I don't know where it is at this point, probably an SP4, SP5 maybe. Um, And, you know, absolutely a guy who I think is going to greatly outperform his ADP. I've been drafting him late everywhere as well. One of my favorite songs from the 90s by Perry Farrell. uh, We'll make great pets. We'll make great pets. We'll make great pets. Are you a Lollapalooza guy? You a a James Addiction guy? I, I will. I will. I will, you know, confess that I am. I'm real good with a lot of things, Joe, movies and television shows, all that sort of stuff. Sports, of course. Space travel, I love. Music is space travel. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about the race to the moon? Let's go through every single Apollo mission. I'm with you. When okay. we talk, when we talk music about music, music is where I lose you. Music is where I'm, I'm lost. I'm, I'm, I'm horrific. And my wife, thankfully, picks up the slack. But personally, no, not, not my All jam. Right. <clears throat> By the way, speaking of uh, stupid references, we got some really funny uh, people enjoying our, uh, or I should say, my Lance Lynn Home Depot uh, paint sample. Oh reference. God, I, I listened back to the podcast, <laughs> and I, I, you got, you got a Dan Harris actual guffaw at that uh, one. An actual so well LOL, done. a physical LOL. Well, Correct. nobody's LOLing about the next guy on Dan's list because this is another player um, we've been trying to draft everywhere. And my goodness, the Sharps are on him now too yeah. because we saw, I believe it was Justin Mason and yes. Tout in our draft yep. last weekend. Pay, I would say, two times what we thought that value was going to be in the auction for Andres Jimenez, who looks like he's locked in as a starting shortstop. Not sure where he's going to hit in the order, but certainly just just on the base, I, I think that he is still very... Um, cheap by comparison in most people's you know casual baseball drafts and i would be looking long and hard at jimenez because i'm i'm with you on this one this could be a huge winner especially in roto leagues it was really fun but that was my first year experiencing tout you know you've been in tout wars and labor forever you and i you know i joined up with your team but it was funny to see how in mason was on him which made me feel better it's good when you Mm -hmm. see some of these analysts also in them yeah I do not expect them to bat near the top of the lineup. I think, you know, Cesar Hernandez is probably going to lead off. I expect him to probably bat eighth to start, but that doesn't mean he's going to stay there the whole season. But even if he does, the big thing is speed gets scarcer every single year. Every year, stolen bases have declined. This is a guy who's elite with sprint speed, I believe, 94th percentile. If you look at his last two years in the minors, 28 steals in 117 games, 38 steals in 122 games before last year. He stole eight in 49 games. Okay, that's what, like a 25, maybe 30 steal pace, but he was caught 
just once. And again, that's him sort of getting comfortable. I think he can actually be a 35 to 40 steal guy and get you double-digit homers. He's also eligible at multiple positions. He's got the shortstop job. So again, I'd like to see him eventually move up towards the top of the order, but even if he bats towards the bottom of the order, I think he's still perfectly capable of swiping 35 bags, and that's a guy who's going to single-handedly almost keep you competitive in steals. So number nine league winner for me, Andres Jimenez. And if he hits in the nine hole, I think that offense is good enough that he can at least score 75, 80 runs too. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility because he's got strong contact rates. He's a guy who puts the ball in play and he's a hustle player. Uh, You're going to see a lot of pitchers on my list. And that's because I think the right pitchers this year can be absolute game changers in terms of league winners. And number nine for me is Aaron Savali. Uh, I think he has a chance to be the second best pitcher on this staff. Now, Tristan McKenzie has a world of talent, but smaller frame. I'm worried about him as the season goes on in terms of innings and in terms of durability. And Zach Plesak has got a 70 RA this spring, which I don't want to overrate too much, but there's Mm. also some things about Zach Plesak. Let's not forget too, this was a guy that broke protocol last year and uh, was kind of buried by a lot of his teammates. So uh, there's some issues there, I would say, also surrounding Plesak that make him not my favorite selection necessarily if I'm going to invest in a player. And that's what we're doing. We're investing in players. Aaron Savali had a couple hiccups last year, but for the most part, had a lot of shares in DFS, and for most of his games, he was very good, and they've done a wonderful job of grooming these pitchers over there in Cleveland, so Savali, for me, is a guy you could draft as your four or five, and potentially, uh, once again, like Montas, they're going to have ace-like moments, and that is huge, especially in any head-to-head format, so Savali's the number nine for me. Number eight on your list, Dan Harris, is who? I'm also going with the pitcher here. And it's James Paxton. Uh, I don't think this needs too much explanation in that we know spring training for the most part doesn't matter, right? We try to ignore it, except for certain signs that we can look at and say, okay, this is something I wanted to see and something I wanted to see from James Paxton was velocity, right? Because it cratered last year. You know, he sits about 95 with the fastball when he's healthy. He was topping out reportedly in his first actual spring start, not a B game, at 97 miles an hour. That's really what I want to see. And again, he doesn't need 97. He needs 95. If he is healthy, he took the one-year pillow contract. I was a little worried coming in, Joe, because again, I feel like, you know, the Mariners are not going to compete, right? So you take that. I was like, if this is your best deal that you can take, Maybe nobody contender is really in on you, but because he looks so great, I'm totally there. What I have a problem with, Joe, is everybody loves Corey Kluber, right? And I get that Corey (laughs) Kluber's track record is fantastic, brilliant, you know, Cy Young, but he hasn't pitched basically in three seasons. And at the end of that last healthy season, he he was still great, but his velocity started to decline. I'm more worried about Kluber. There's like a 60-spot gap in their ADP, 150 for Kluber, like 210. For Paxton, I don't know, man. I have them much closer in my overall rankings hmm. and in my SP rankings. So I'm 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 definitely getting Paxton at this point because I think the upside is just enormous if his velocity is back. It always is. <clears throat> Paxton's always an excellent pitcher. The problem is it's just a matter of can he yep. make 25 starts. And and I and I'm using a low number because I, that's that's the bar that I feel like if he can make 25 starts in season-long roto leagues, he can give you enough quality versions of that start yep. to be impactful. But if he makes 12 or 15, that's a problem. And then, yes. yes. And a lot of these players are going to be very boomer bust, big risk players. But I think calculated risks are how you win leagues. I don't like to take risks early on. You don't see Mondesi on my team. You don't see Rosarena on any of my teams. There's a reason because I don't think the risk reward is there. But I think the risk reward is there. 
And I won't talk long about him because he is like the unofficial mascot of the yes. show. It's Trey Mancini <laughs> at number eight. When we started this podcast, it was around 210, I think, the ADP. And I, now it's about settling in the 150 range. Yep. So yep. it's gone up about 50 spots, okay? And I will tell you, it's probably going to go up another tick more. Now, he is striking out a fair amount. It's timing issues. This is important because spring training, you just want to see him healthy. Timing will come back eventually. I'm not worried about him looking great this spring. I just want to see him looking healthy this spring. Timing takes a little bit. This will come eventually. Even if he starts slow in April, I would not panic. So Mancini is a lock for me in this. Staying at eight, I still think at 150, he's a great selection. And if he gives you even 25 home runs from that uh, ADP, you're already loving life because he's got good batting average and he's going to hit probably three or four in the order. So give me Mancini all day long. Uh, and I love it. I love that we were on this and I love that it's gone up 50 spots in the time that, that we are. It's exactly what we said, right? When mm -hmm. we when we started talking about him, we said once he shows that he is healthy in spring training, this ADP is going to skyrocket. So if you drafted early, hopefully you were able to get him at the discount. And I completely agree with you. I don't really care what we see. What I care about one thing that I see in spring training and that is that he's healthy. So he is healthy. Don't really care about the performance. Trey Mancini and Marcus Stroman, who, by the way, I didn't list here, but everybody knows Marcus Stroman I mean, is yeah, my, my, my overall. I, I was so shocked not to see his name. I, I, look, if you I, if this is your first episode, hi, draft Marcus Stroman. But if it's not, <laughs> you have heard me talk about him nonstop. So Mancini, for you and me with you, mm -hmm. Stroman is a guy for me. Those are like our overall poster childs. So I'm not listing Stroman here, but just so you know, of course, obvious biggest league winner for me. And, and ironically, you know, we just talked about the negatives of early drafting, right? I have Aloy Jimenez in that labor team yeah. with Justin Mason and Paul Spohr. We also have Trey Mancini. Why? Because it was a February draft and we got him really late. So I hope he can fill somewhat of those shoes. If he does, we still have a puncher's chance in that league. So that, there you go. Right, right in front of you, the positives and negatives of early drafting. But I'll always draft the uh, the day before the season starts if I have my choice, <laughs> especially in baseball. Uh, all right, moving on here. Number seven for uh, Dan Harris is another one of his favorite guys. Shortstop is deep this year, and especially in points leagues, too. Dansby Swanson has been a very solid contributor recently in the last two years, and he looks like he's settled into a good role here with the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, I love Swanson, and, and this is what actually happened with this, where I basically became kind of a, a Swanson truther. I have a, a, a home league, it might be worth some jelly beans, uh, and we had a, a salary cap draft, and we eventually landed on Swanson. And while I was sort of my partner in the league, and I was explaining why I thought that was a great pick for a reasonable amount, I started just going through it, and everything I went through, I don't have a problem with where he's going, by the way. He's 105th in consensus ADP. That's fine. I have him 94th. Okay, so I'm a little higher on him, but I don't have a problem with 105th. But I mentioned his improvement every year, his four-year trend of going up in batting average and slugging percentage in WOBA and WRC+. Plus. Everything, again, four-year upward trend. He is only 27 years old. That's when the breakouts start to happen. He's in the 90th percentile in sprint speed, so he can steal a lot more bases than we've even seen. He's batting in a strong lineup in a little league park. There's just everything that you can like about a guy who you can get in the ninth round because shortstop is a really deep position. I think he can explode this year if everything breaks right. So I've been finding myself getting a lot of shares of Swanson in recent drafts. I'm very excited about the next two pitchers on my list. I'm going to do them one at a time here. Okay. We're just going to do number seven. Then we'll go back to Dan seven. But to me, this is where we're going to hit some guys that really could be transcendent. And the first one here at number seven for me is the San Diego Padres, Chris Paddock. He's getting forgotten about because Hugh Darvish and Blake Snell are in town. 
People are already forgetting how just dominant he was out of the gate as a rookie. And then the innings caught up with him and he got skipped and he started to fatigue a little bit as great young pitchers tend to do. He's still working on that third pitch, but it's coming along. And last year with the stop and start, I'm not going to crush him for not living up to expectations. But to me, I think Chris Paddock is set up for an absolute stellar season, especially when you consider the ADP you could get him at. Uh, Once again, I feel like the bloom is off the rose and it shouldn't be when it comes to Chris Paddock. And the best thing that could have happened to his value is also getting other guys in there where he doesn't feel the pressure of being the ace. I think it's very difficult for a young pitcher who's 24, 25 years old to be the ace of a team. Look at Max Scherzer's career early on with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Look at uh, just for instance, Garrett Cole with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And then eventually what happens, they go to teams where they have a real true ace. Ironically, both of those examples are Justin Verlander was the ace of both of those teams they ended up on, but not having to be the number one takes a lot of pressure off a young kid. They can allow them to just be themselves. And I think this is going to be great. Not all, not to mention, you could also learn from the guys at the top who have been there, done that. And I think that kind of rubs off on these pitchers also. So Chris Paddock to me is a fantastic investment. I will be investing in him everywhere. I have him in my home keeper league too for 11 bucks, which is a steal. And I'm very excited about having shares of him this year too. So Chris Paddock all the way for me at number seven. So I want to mention one thing about Paddock because I completely agree with you. I am in on him. So what you looked at, what he did, you know, he's obviously a fastball changeup guy, right? He tried to basically say, as you mentioned, we need the third pitch, right? Where's my third pitch coming? He added the cutter. That was a bad idea, okay? Because the problem is when you looked at it, you looked at the vertical movement of his fastball. That's part of what makes his fastball so difficult to hit. And it just sort of totally bottomed out. And it looked like it was because he was working on the more horizontal movement of the cutter. And so he lost the vertical movement of the fastball. He talked about that. And so when he ditches the cutter or he at least learns to separate it from his fastball, I think he's going to get back to being that dominant force Mm -hmm. that we saw him in his rookie season. Totally with you. Love him. He has been slowly moving up my board every time I do my ranking. So and love that a lot guy. of good yeah. matchups in that division too. I mean, yeah. outside of when he pitches against the Dodgers, you're gonna love him against most of those yeah. teams. Uh your number six, possibly the biggest boom of bust of any draft for the last five years, I feel like. Yeah. So if you had him in the years where he played and he had 40 bombs, you're loving life. And if you had him where he played 40 games, you're hating life. Yeah. It's Giancarlo Stanton, number six on Dan's list. I mean, you can see a lot of this is about health. Guys who I, I feel confident are going to perform like Paxton, if healthy, that's Stanton for me. And and I, look, we don't have to talk about how much of it is an injury risk. But I think what we do have to talk about is what he usually does in terms of where he plays when he's been with the Yankees. Roughly half his games have been in the outfield. This year, they talk about the fact that he's going to play the outfield on occasion. He's not in the spring. I don't expect him to play outfield almost ever here. And I think that that is just another step in the direction of keeping the guy healthy all year long. In particular with Stanton this year, Joe, the dead and ball. Okay. We talk about wall scrapers, right? That's where it's going to make a difference. I think the 40 homer guy, the guy who clears the wall by, you know, you know, 50 feet, that's going to be the guy who I'm looking more to target this year. So for me, Stanton is going to stay mostly at the H, hopefully stay healthy, has the power that's not going to be impacted by any change in the ball. He's a guy who, again, slowly moving up my board as I've kind of gotten a better hold of the landscape. All right. Uh, look, Stanton, for me, it's all about when you can get him. The longer you can wait to get him, the better risk it is. Uh, and if you got to pull the trigger too early, that's that's a concern. I also feel like he is a guy that if you are taking pitching early in roto drafts, this is another pivot player that if you're trying to make up power, it's worth a shot. You know, we already talked ad nauseum about the Cruises and J.D. Martinez and Alvarez's of the world, but you could throw Stanton in that same mix. Uh, most leagues is probably a DH only anyway. 
Let me ask you about this, Joe. Mm -hmm. Where do you feel like, okay, I, I guess start with this. I know we're going to talk about some of these guys later. I guess, mm -hmm. where do you feel comfortable taking Stanton? What round of a 12, let's call it a 12 teamer uh, if you want. Like just generally speaking, where do you feel comfortable? I would say somewhere around six. Okay. See, I, this is what's funny, Joe, because his ADP is way lower than that. His, his, his ADP is like in the ninth round of a 12 teamer. So for me, I'm more in the seventh round, like yeah, seven, six, seven. I think that's where yeah. I feel like this is what I'm saying. When we're saying league winners, part of it is the ADP, by the way, at least, you know, for me with these guys is that this is not a guy who I'm, you're not taking John Carlos Stanton in the third round anymore. If you were, then I'd be like, Oh God, but at there, the if risk I took versus that, reward. If I took two pitchers in the first three picks, let's say I had DeGrom in the first round, it was in the middle and then Let's say, I, I don't know, uh, you know, you just love the pitcher that may like maybe there's a Giolito slipped or yep. you Darvish slip back. Mm -hmm. You're like, I got to pull the trigger here. And you went double aces here to start a draft. I would move all the way up to the sixth round to take Stanton because I think that the risk reward there is worth it. If I already had a bunch of hitting and then I like the pitching, then I would prefer to wait for, like, like you said, seven, eight, maybe yep. nine, if I could wait that long and get him. And you also have to know, you know, the leagues you play in, too. If you're playing in a league where there's a Yankee premium on players and oftentimes there is. You have to understand that and you have to let that go sometimes because it's not worth paying the premium on Stanton because the downside is so real. This is a great point. I do want to do one plug for our draft wizard. If you have not yeah. drafted yet, you can customize that. And I know because I have a guy in my league who's just a Yankee homer, right? Just a I know shill. you know that every <laughs> Yankee player is going to get pushed up. You can customize individual, like when you're mock drafting, individual other drafters to have certain characteristics such as I like Yankees, essentially. You can have a guy, so you can be like, I want to practice what it's like to have a Yankees homer in my league. It's awesome. It's just introduced. Again, fastpros.com slash draft wizard. If you are still mock drafting, it's a cool, awesome feature. You should check it out. All right, Joe, what do you got for your next guy here? Well, I got a guy that just ended up on our Tout Wars roster at number six, yep. uh, and we got him for... What, $10, yep. which I think is going to be one of the steals of the draft. I mean, Ian Anderson, ugh, this guy's been terrific in the minor leagues. He was just downright filthy when he came up for the Braves. He did not shrink in the big spots when they asked him to, to pitch in the playoffs. I mean, what more do you want from this guy? I understand, like, 200 innings is probably not going to happen for him. I do not care. And right. I like this pick, especially in season-long Roto, because even if he throws 160 innings this year, whatever it ends up being, all you got to understand is they're going to be quality innings and you take that now in head to head formats and head to head points head to head Roto, this could hurt you later on in redraft leagues, because I don't know what's going to look like in the middle of the season in August. Are they going to skip starts and things like that? We shall see, but you know, Atlanta's going to be competitive. So if they're going to be competitive, they're going to need Ian Anderson. And that division is going to be a dogfight. Yep. A lot of good teams in the East. So they might have the luxury of resting Ian Anderson as much as they want. I will take this risk. It is still a risk, but right now you can get him as basically your number three starter. And I just love the upside of Ian Anderson. I think this guy is legit. And I think the Braves have stumbled onto their next big pitcher. And look, he's already in a rotation. that has got Max Fried and Morton in it. We'll see if Soroka can get back healthy. But I think the Braves are set up for success again with Anderson. You mentioned the chat uh, that we did uh, yesterday, about 550 questions answered throughout the day. Wow. One of the questions, I know, one of the questions that I got was, who's going to be the most valuable Braves pitcher at the end of the season? And I was like, oh, I I really don't know. Because I love, I, I think Freed is a guy who I don't draft that much because his ADP is higher. But mm -hmm. I, I think Freed's going to be a fine pitcher. But I'm like, man, I love Ian Anderson. Ian Anderson's going to be great. And then I'm also like, oh, I love Charlie Morton. I think he's going to be amazing too. I think they're really stacked there. But Anderson, yeah, a guy who I was off last year. 
The innings is a big deal this year because I don't think it matters that much that his innings are going to be limited because everybody's innings are going to be limited. So I think it sort of balances that out. So for me, Love Anderson, think it's a great call. Would have been on my list if he wasn't on yours. All right, I want to take a break real quick to recognize today's sponsor of the show because have you ever been there? Have you spent hours researching your DFS lineup only to have a late scratch ruin all your hard work? Your account balance dwindles as you watch the Sharks win all the money. If this describes your DFS experience, we've got just the thing for you. It's Prize Picks. It's a daily fantasy site that puts you against the numbers, and on Prize Picks, you simply select the two to five players and predict if they will go over or under their fantasy or single stat projections for that night. No sharks, no late scratches. Just sit back and multiply your money. Sounds good to me. Uh, think your favorite player is going to hit a home run tonight? Well, take his over and win real cash today. Prize Picks gives you the chance to win 10 times your money for getting just four predictions correct. That's it, just four. Sign up today at prizepicks.com or on the Prize Picks app as well and use the code PROS to get 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. That's prizepicks.com or the Prize Picks app and redeem your 100% match for your first deposit thanks to us here up to $100. Prize Picks, code is PROS, daily fantasy on Prize Picks, simplified. I like simple things, but I'm a simple-minded fellow, Dan. Very true. Very yes. true. Yeah, right. I love prize picks, by the way, just to be clear. I, it, I I like it because, again, with football, when I was sort of doing it, I like to be able to have my own projections, sort of, and, right. and that's all I care about rather than sort of playing against other people. So, yeah, check it out. Sorry. I like Shameless the plug. good chalk aspect. I always talk about yes. this, and if you're watching yes. us this year, and I want to remind everybody, Dan Harris, Joe Pizzapia, leading off every single one of your days, okay? We're going to be rocking and rolling Monday through Friday right here. We're going to be doing our show here. It'll be on YouTube. It'll be a podcast version. 25 minutes or so, give or take. We're going to take you through the day's slate, DFS stuff a little bit. We're going to talk about what's going on in baseball. Just kind of, you know, your fun daily dose of baseball. You can listen to it in the car. You can, you know, listen to it uh, at your office or instead of working. Just don't get fired on our account, please. Yes. All right. Uh, But it's going to be a great time. And I'm also going to be doing some uh, little short DFS videos. But what I like about the prize picks thing is, you know, if you find the good chalk that night, you could just hammer the good chalk. Right. Yeah, like the over. I remember one night a couple of years ago, we're doing the DFS show and all three of the guys in the show, we all picked Freddie Freeman to hit a home run and he had three home runs that night. <laughs> <laughs> one for each of us. Yeah. And it's that kind of night where you can win a lot of money on something like prize picks, which is a yep. lot of fun. So uh, number five on your list, I'll tell you what, man, these Marlins pitchers are, are getting a lot of publicity and I think it's it's worthy. <clears throat> and I think everybody's now thinking about, wow, imagine if they kept Zach Gallon too. I know yeah. Jazz Chisholm's having a really nice spring, but still... Woo, they've done a good job of uh, cultivating and acquiring some young pitching over these last few years, and it's starting to pay dividends. But you've got number five on your list, Sandy Alcantara. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I could have probably chosen any of them because I do think that they all have the potential to be a true difference maker in fantasy this year. But what I like about uh, Alcantara is just he added velocity last year, right? I mean, his fastball went from mid-95 to mid 96. So again, you could say that's the shortened season, but I think that is a young pitcher just sort of adding velocity from everything I've seen. He looks good this spring. Not that again, spring doesn't matter, but I just like to see where the velocity is and the strikeouts 24 and 17 innings. Again, when he finished last year too, that's really when you saw the velocity bump, 230 ERA, 30 strikeouts over his final 31 and a third inning. So he's a guy who could take a major leap this year. He is my favorite of the Marlins pitchers. Now, I'm not sure if I've had that the whole offseason, but now he's moved ahead. He's my favorite guy there. And I think he really, really could have the stuff to take a significant jump and be a major impact fantasy pitcher for you. 
By the way, spring style does matter. Have you seen your boy Romeo Tapia? Because his hair is on point, man. He looks good. I moved him up two spots in my Obviously. rankings yesterday just because the hair is just – I'm jealous, clearly. Uh, but, I mean, it looks amazing <laughs> right now. He's got the different color thing going on there. It's so cool. Man, I wish I could do that. I just can't. Uh, all right, number five for me, no risk it, no biscuit. What I love about Steven Strasburg is this. He probably terrifies half your league. And you know what? That half is absolutely right to be terrified. And the rest of you, even if you take him, you should be terrified also. Here's the thing. If you want to make up ground with pitching, if you're going to take hitting early on and just invest there, this is a dice roll that you can take. Now, it could absolutely crush you, but it could also be a league winner because Strasburg is going very late in drafts by comparison to what his normal value is. This is a, in terms of, I would say, um, value. He is a second round grade talent in terms of starting pitcher. He is. He's been taken there many times. Okay. Now the trouble is he doesn't always give you a full season. Last year he had the carpal tunnel. It's always something with Stephen Strasburg. But if you could draft this guy a little later as your co-ace or number two starter or whatever it is, I think that there's smart ways later on to continue to fill in your rotation, but the upside of Steven Strasburg, if things break right, we saw what that was a couple years ago. It's well over 200 strikeouts. It's 15 wins. It's a, it's a three ERA or maybe even better. Uh, <clears throat> he is that good of a pitcher. And if you're going to roll the dice on talent, you roll the dice on talent. Okay. This is a proven talent. The problem is it scares the hell out of people, which is good in a way because it's going to continue to suppress his value. And I know this is not for everybody, Dan. And I know some people say this and they see even Strasburg and they want to just run for the hills and I do not blame them. But we're talking about league winners here. And this player, if he's right at the value you're getting him can win you your league. This is fascinating because, you know, it came out yesterday or a couple days ago that he ruptured a tendon in his calf. And I was like, when I saw that, I said, oh, God, I mean, what is he going to be out for the year? And it was like, yeah, the doctor said it's a completely irrelevant tendon that basically evolution has made unnecessary. And it doesn't Only matter Steven whatsoever. Only Steven Strasburg could find a tendon I, that isn't important to rupture. I, I, I don't even understand it. But I do think he's breaking that, hearts and breaking tendons. He's Steven Strasburg. I, I think when you read that and if you don't sort of understand exactly what it means, that it might push him further down your draft board could be like I don't know what that is but apparently it's completely meaningless now he didn't look good in his first real start that he had so I do think that that's going to you know lower his ADP even a little bit if you're still drafting this weekend but look in terms of league winners what we're saying again is that these guys have the risk of course as you said no risk it no biscuit there's plenty of upside with Strasburg and in the end he if he pitches he's going to be successful there was like one year i remember like probably the only year i actually had him on any teams <laughs> where he wasn't great because he right. was battling injury and even then he was still good like there's he was above very, league average right there's You're just exactly very little right. chance that he's going to hurt you when he's in and, the lineup. and these league winners can turn in some of them can be league losers too sure but the the specific point about strasburg is if you take this risk and it backfires and then you load up on some of those later pitchers, let's say you yep. take a Montas or a Zavali, let's say later on, you know, you take a Freddie Peralta and he ends up hitting or a Domingo Herman and they end up hitting. You can make this back potentially. Now you have to also build this in because as we get to these top five guys, they're bigger risk, bigger yep. reward players. So you have to understand how to construct your roster around them. And that doesn't get discussed enough, but we're going to talk about that here because 
Steven Strasburg, number one, I just gave you a bunch of names right now. You could just kind of circle on your draft board. You must, must take that extra pitcher or two on your roster. You must try and make sure you solidify that. And it comes to a tiebreaker where you like two guys on the board, you might have to take the pitcher instead of the hitter because you need that little insurance policy. So that's how you equate for the risk of Steven Strasburg. For you, number five is who? Uh, look, we talked about, I think I'm on number four now, right? Was he number five? Oh, that's right. You're on number four. My apologies. Thank goodness. I was like, oh no, I missed a number. No, it's fine. But uh, again, this is a guy who, if you draft, you have to make sure you are balancing out the risks and it's Joey Gallo. I mentioned it with Stanton. Okay. I'm very happy now to draft power hitters who are not wall scrapers, who I feel comfortable are going to continue to hit home runs despite the quote unquote dead and ball. Now he reworked his swing in the offseason, he's got five homers already this spring. I'm not sure he really needed to rework his swing because, again, you look at last year. Yeah, it was terrible. He batted 181, and he had a 14% barrel rate, which, by the way, is good for a normal human, right? That was top 10% <laughs> in the league, but he had like a 24% rate each of the previous three years. So I get it. But maybe last year was just the small sample size of last year, and it didn't really mean that he was broken. He's not going to be an average hitter, although it is something that I talk about often, which is Batting average is more more prone to fluctuations than any other category. And you saw that right back in his 2019. It was short, but he batted 253. So it's obvious that that is the upside of what could happen. But in the end, even if he goes back to doing what he was, which was like basically a 210 hitter, but he's going to hit 40 home runs in this day and age, that's going to be super valuable. But you need to counteract that with batting average players. I know, I mean, I drafted uh, Gallo in a league. And again, I paired him, made sure I got somebody like Michael Brantley. Alex I was, you, yeah. you took exactly the player in my brain. I said, of course, he, Michael Brantley is the perfect guy. And yes, you're right. Verdugo is another good one. Yeah. Big time contact guys. Yes, that's exactly. And they're not hard to find. You can find them later on yep. in drafts. It's OK. Yep. Um, but the other thing to be aware of with Gallo, too, is in those points leagues where you get negative for strikeouts. Oh, you for just, sure. You, I think you still pass. I think you do only because all the good he does in a given week can be undone. You know, if he hits a home run, that gets you seven points altogether between the run score, the RBI and the home yep. run or something like that. And then he strikes out two other times or three other times in that game. I mean, it's just, it's very difficult to tolerate, but in season long Roto, you take the power and you build for the average somewhere else. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah, let's make that clear, okay? This is a this is a roto or head-to-head categories type of guy. This is not a points league guy who's going to be a league winner because you cannot overcome the striker rate. I don't care that it comes with a very solid walk rate along with it. It's not enough to balance it out in a points league. So I agree. I, again, anybody who's like a pure homer hitter like him or, you know, Sano or something like that, no, not, not points leagues. This is roto only. So good qualification there. Every player in his place and a place for every player, right? <laughs> Goodness gracious. All right, who do you got for your number? Uh, number four for four. me is J.D. Martinez. And I kind of like that he's not having a smoking hot spring. Yep. I kind of like this because it's it's still suppressing his value and people are freaking out a little bit. I'm not freaking out. I mean, the track record of J.D. Martinez being great is a lot longer than him being bad, Okay. Being bad is a 60 sample size from last year where the guy basically said, hey, dude, I didn't do a damn thing. And it really bit me in the rear end. And it did. And he came back and he was terrible. Now, that being said, um, there is risk here, because what if we're in the decline of J.D. Martinez, which is possible? And I got to tell you, there is a possibility that we are starting to see that. However, I still say that it's a risk I'm willing to take. 
Uh, I would still take Cruz over him. I would still take Alvarez over him if I'm looking for one of those DH guys. He's closer to Stanton than he is to Cruz for me. But at the same time, I think J.D. Martinez, look, we've seen how good he can be. I don't think he completely falls off the map. And if he does, so be it. You go and you look later on for the Joey Gallows of the world. You look later on for some other guys to back up the power just in case he does kind of fall off the map and all of a sudden becomes a player that's deteriorating. But I think J.D. is worth that risk. Yeah, I agree. I think there is certainly the risk that this is it, right? Like, he's the type (laughs) of guy... He's the type of guy who you can see just completely falling off a cliff with no notice like last year, right? Like, oh, maybe that's just what we're going to do. But absolutely. The thing is, and you look like the sharp people are on him. Like the sharp people know last year, the small sample size didn't prepare as well. No video, which we've talked about a lot. So I'm completely buying this. He is other than Cruz, who again, Cruz is the rare guy who like there has been no decline. There's no reason to discount him other than he's utility only. After that, when we get into the other DH guys, like you're now Alvarez and Giancarlo Stanton. Martinez is my favorite. So I am with you. I am willing to take the risk. And again, league winners, the upside is absolutely tremendous. Once again, what's the grade on the talent? Probably second round, right? You go, Mm -hmm. you dial back into 2020 drafts and JD Martinez is easily an early second round pick. And same thing with Strasburg, right? So we're just going to throw that out the window after 2020, the weirdest season in baseball since, uh, I don't know, maybe since 1995. No, you're not going to do this or, or 94 even. All right. So we're into the top three now, and this is a player. I got to tell you, Austin Meadows has really kind of flown up the Dan Harris yep. charts lately. He's yep. number one with a bullet. So yep. uh, what's going on here? Why all the Austin Meadows love? You and Austin so, running through the Meadows together. <laughs> you want to talk about a, a great segue that we we're talking about. You know, you want to get rid of 2020. So I'm going to tell you a little story about I love a player. Stories. He was the ninth overall pick. He was traded to the smartest organization probably in baseball. He then blossoms with a 33 homer, 12 steal season. He bats 291 with a 900 OPS. The next year, there's a pandemic. He is diagnosed with COVID-19 and he suffers from symptoms. He then comes back and he strains his oblique. He has a terrible year. He bats just 205. Which version of this player do you want to buy? Do you want to buy the 2020 version that is completely just thrown out the window because of these obviously weird circumstances? You're right. Or you're right. The elite prospect that was traded for by the Rays that completely validated that trade with a dominant season and who looks pretty decent in the spring. Not crazy, but he's got four home runs already. I mean, to me, Joe, the more I've looked into it, this is why I don't know, man. He's going 88th and ADP. He can easily crush that for me so uh, you sound a little more skeptical so make only that make because the, the 2019 there was a period of a month or two i remember in the late summer where he just went dark where he just stopped hitting if you go back and you look month by month on austin Meadows, he had an incredible first half and then look maybe it's just the reg- you know the, the regression was going to come or maybe just you know nobody could stay that hot that long a million different things it's baseball it's a game of streaks now he did rebound if memory serves at the end of 2019 to be mm-hmm. respectable which is good but it's that segment in the middle there especially when like the work against lefties changes and you look at all sure. that stuff that's the only period and if i remember correctly off the top of my head i want to say it was like july or august of 2019 if you go month by month i could be wrong on the months but there was a good chunk of the season where it just stopped on a dime that concerns me but i think you're right if he ends up let's say you know yes last year was a complete fluke because of all the bad set of circumstances but you go back and look at how good he was in the breakout and you're buying the breakout player i mean to me he's a better investment than randy rosarena 
And, and, you know, I don't think that's a hot take and I'm going to continue to say that everybody, everybody, you know, everybody loved Oscar Mercado last year too. And I felt like I was on an island screaming from the rooftops, which is weird because you wouldn't think they could build that high of roofs on an island, but they did. And I was there on top of the roof on the island saying, hey, this guy's minor league track record is not that great. Can we slow the roll? And it's funny, Oscar Mercado was what? designated yep. <laughs> this past week, right? Yep. So here we are a year later, and I don't think Orozo is going to be that, but I just want to say, let's just pump the brakes on guys who don't have a lot of track record. So I just pulled up his splits. Okay, Meadows' split from 2019. You, you had it nailed. For June, he slashed 206, 274, June. 299 slugging percentage, okay? <laughs> I remember that it is... was on a dime, and I remember it was like he crashed the car. <laughs> yeah, that is terrible. But he rebounded over the rest of the season. And right. again, I, you, I can find a 30-game or 40-game stretch in a Mike right. Trout season where you're sure. like, whoa, what's going on here? So while I get that, and especially with a player where the breakout sort of comes from nowhere, you're more willing to think about that. Again, it's a, it's a guy I'll talk about later, my number one, actually, who also had similar concerns back in 2019. But I think for me, I'm the reason why I love baseball and I love fantasy baseball and especially Roto, which I know is, you know, kind of, it's tough. You got to go through. It's because when I project a player over a full, the course of a full season, I can live with a really crappy June if it means in the end, it's going to be a 33, 12 season. And so for me, I completely get that part of it, but I don't know. One bad month. Is that scary to you that I could remember that it like that? Yes, there was a time in the summer, I remember, where everything just stopped for Austin Meadows. You know what? By the way, you'll make this point a lot. It's got to be the DFS, right? It's got to be when you're looking at these guys and you're just like, oh, my God, I can't play this guy in DFS anymore. It's the trends and and it's the hypersensitivity to the moment of MLB DFS, which grates on some people. But I'm telling you, if you can get through it with us, we're going to have some success. I'm telling you right now, we're going to. So uh, where I'm going to take everything that I used to do on the Line Star shows and bring it here to Fantasy Pros. And um, it's, it's a certain way that we do it. And it's very different than the way a lot of other people will tell you. We are not going to go position by position, any of that lame stuff. We're going to go game by game, hyper focus on certain trends and what's going on, certain price points on certain sites. And it's going to be super fun. And you're actually going to have fun playing MLB DFS. You're going to play yep. every day for small amounts. And at the end of the year, you're going to come out winning because of it. And that's how you play it. It's a grind. And it's different. And again, go please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Fantasy Pros MLB, so you can be in on the fun. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll even take some questions live on there, too. We can do, we can do all kinds of stuff. It's going to be crazy. Great. Who knows? Crazy. The crazy time that we're going to have. All right. Number three for me is Jordan Alvarez. I got the DHs back to back here. Look, I know he's 22 in the knees and I I get it. I get it. I get it. I understand. We all get it. However, this is a a player with untapped potential. (laughs) Like we've barely scratched the surface. Go back and look at the minor league numbers of this kid hitting baseballs in 2019. Then go look at him hitting major league pitching in 2019 and in the playoffs too. This kid is freaking scary good. And I get the knees are a problem and maybe it'll be one of these things where we say, oh, one of the great what ifs of all time in Major League Baseball history. But I am willing in his second full season to take a chance on Jordan Alvarez. I am because I know the upside could be 50 home runs. Yes. Dan makes a point about, uh, you know, possible dead ball and stuff like that. I don't care what you do to the ball. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. You could stick a fork in this ball and throw it to him and, and it completely it's unraveled. He's still going to hit it out of the ballpark. This kid is unbelievable. He is in a different universe of hitting. I'm just telling you, I know what I'm talking about here. 
I understand it's all about him staying on the field. He's not going to play the field. He's going to DH. Just keep your fingers crossed and hope that he could just hit. And you know what? The nice thing about Alvarez is 40 times a year, he doesn't have to run. He just has to walk around the bases. <laughs> I do think that this is, without a doubt, a, a potential league winner. Because if he is healthy and he gets right, man, we saw how dominant he was. We don't have to imagine what it could be. It's not the mystery <laughs> so box. We have seen it actually happen. I do worry that he could be the Greg Odin of baseball. And oh, that those knees oh, are going to just completely destroy what could have oh. been an amazing career. But... Do you worry at all? I, I'm I'm asking this honestly because, again, we've mm-hmm. talked a little bit about spring stats, so I don't know whether or not we care about it for somebody like Alvarez. The fact that he is not hitting the ball well in spring is batting just 174. Or are you just like, no, he's getting his timing back. Timing. I trust the power it's as a, long as healthy. It's the same thing with Mancini. It's the same right. thing with Martinez. It's the same yep. thing with the guys who are coming off weird seasons. It's all about timing for hitters. You know, it's it's look, I'm not a professional. I guess in a way I was a professional hitting coach. I did get paid for it, but uh, <laughs> I – you know, one of my early jobs in life was I, I was a hitting instructor at Williamsport where they had a big baseball camp. Right. And I used to go there when I was a teenager. And then, you know, a lot of kids got filtered into college baseball programs. And I was one of the hitting instructors there. And from what I know about hitting and what I've seen about hitting, I get so excited when I see somebody like Alvarez, because that is a special player. That is a player that has the opportunity to just just change everything you've ever seen. And I just want to put this out there. OK let's go back to 2019 for a second. Yeah, I know it's the PCL and people wanted to kill him on that. He had 23 home runs and 71 RBI in 56 games. <laughs> then in 87 games with the big club, he had 27 home runs and 78 RBI. Right. It's not that easy. Yeah. He is making this look incredibly yep. easy. He is big, strong, has good plate recognition, uh, good uh, pitch recognition skills, good plate discipline. This kid is all of that. And nope. yes, he could turn into the Greg Oden, which yeah, that hurts my soul to even talk about that kind of version. But that's it. That's the problem. And sometimes the bigger kids, they do have these problems with knee issues and stuff like that. And you don't want to see it happen this early. Let's yeah. just keep our fingers crossed. But no, the spring for all I need to see is him taking at bats. That's it. Okay. I don't need to see him being good. Uh, speaking of the Astros, you've got an Astros, your number two. Look at that segue. Hashtag professional. Okay, what do you got here? Lance McCullers, number two. Big yes. extension. Is he uh, giving you any uh, side uh, money on that extension? Yes, actually, I appreciate it. I did get a oh, cut yeah. of it for mentioning him as a league winner. It's amazing nice. what you can do. Uh, no, he did not. But that does make me feel a little better about him, even in redraft formats, because I do think it shows that the Astros, who, again, another very smart organization, know what they have in him. Look. He's a guy who, again, a big part of it is health. And again, this is a year where I think unless you are going to be that 200-inning horse who carries extra value, it almost benefits you that you're not because I don't think there are going to be too many of those guys. So the fact that McCullers, what's his absolute best-case scenario? 150 innings maybe through 55 last year. If everything goes well, that's going to be plenty this year if he can stay healthy. There is risk there. But if he is healthy, quote-unquote league winner, you know that he can be absolutely dominant. He has the incredible curveball. He's got the sinker. And Alex Fast talked about it mm-hmm. on our mock draft episode. He's adding a slider and a cutter that he toyed with a little bit last year. He didn't use it a lot last year, the cutter, but it was very effective. 167 batting average again. 150 expected slugging against. Again, they've locked him up for a long time. They know what he've got, what they've gotten him. It's really just about health because I think he's going to be incredibly, incredibly effective when he is on the mound this year. Look, to me, there's only one thing he's got to fix, and it's the splits. And uh, in the black book, I'm always really big on splits, and that and that's the thing. It's like I want consistency. It's one of the reasons why I love Jose Abreu so much all the time every year is because yep. you can't find a hole in that player. It just it doesn't exist. Uh, Lance McCullers last year, uh, ERA at home, 
1.42 in five starts. You want to take a guess? I know you're looking already. Are you looking at the I was going to look it up, but hold on. I won't look so it up. Take a guess. Take a guess. So what, the what was it at home? Is. What was 1.42 over five starts. He had six starts on the road last year. You want to take a, again, this comes from DFS because we played him all the time at home and not on the road. I'll, I'll guess conservatively and I'll say 4.4. Uh, how about 7.33? All right. That's more that's than I guess. That, that's that more than I guess. But Joe, um, are you really, I mean, it's baseball, man. It's not, it as is. long as you're not with the Rockies or anything like that. Do you really care that much about a small sample, you know, home and away split? No, but it's just something to be aware of in head-to-head leagues that I would be very careful uh, if you have great, uh, let's say you have some really good options in your back of your rotation yeah. and you, you like the matchup and McCullers is on the road in April, maybe you said McCullers, maybe I'm you said him at, and see I'm what happens. I'm looking at his career numbers now just to go beyond just the one season and it's, okay. it is pretty striking. Um, You know, 251 ERA at home, 499 on the road. But again, for me, I, I think about it more, maybe if you want to get cute. He should bring deal. his bed with him. Like yeah, whatever, that's true. I don't know that's what true. he's doing. Maybe he should just live in an RV. So we feel, I don't know, but again, like he, he just hasn't thrown enough innings for me to no. actually, and I, I'm really, really loath to make a determination based on that. Unless you're in Colorado, in which case, okay, fine. That that's totally fine. You're with a place like, like Houston. I I'm just, I'm not going to credit it that much, but I look, I agree. But again, he is, he's, you know, 27 years old. He hasn't pitched that right. many innings. They're, they're definitely breaking It's the only knock, and it's the yep. knock that why his ADP yep. is where it is. It's yep. just something to be aware of in head-to-head formats in the early going. In season-long Roto, you leave him, and you just, at the end of the day, it all equates. It's fine. Yep. It's That's why I like season-long Roto, by the way, because I as much as I think— you're lazy. I am incredibly lazy, as anybody who knows me now. But I do think that I, I feel, you know, you can project on a game-by-game basis, on a week-by-week basis, and and you should, and you should really do what you can. And we have a lot of resources that will help you with that. But I do think that I feel pretty comfortable in my preseason player evaluations when all mm-hmm. is said and done. And I'm happy to just basically say, trust myself enough in that process to say, I'm going to leave this guy here, and I'm going to trust that my preseason evaluation was correct. That just takes a little bit for me of the pressure off. It is one of the reasons why I like Roto because when you get to head to head or, you know, anything like that, I'm so much like, you know, tweaking here and there and I'm still successful doing it, but I very much prefer just to rely on what I see as the overarching end goal. No, that's fair enough. All right. Number two for me, Aaron Judge. You know, there's a theme here with my guys, which are second round graded players who are not going in the second round. And that's the kind of talent Aaron Judge is. Aaron Judge might even be an early, uh, late first round talent yep. when everything breaks right. And he's not a perfect player, but Aaron Judge is a phenomenal talent. And I think that when you take the talent at a value, it's a it's a risk I'm willing to take. I think in TGFBI, I think I got him in the fourth round or something like that. And I'm just willing to do that. And, and once again, there's a Yankee premium in certain leagues. So you have to understand that and equate for that and, and get it, especially in auction formats. But... Aaron Judge's value is at an all-time low. He was on a stretch last year where he was being mentioned as the MVP. Let's not forget that because that's how good Aaron Judge is when he is right. Mm-hmm. It's the injuries. That's all it is. And yes, it's a risk. And yes, just like we talked about the other risk guys, just like Strasburg, you have to make sure you're drafting other good offensive players. You have to make sure you're addressing your pitching and you have lockdown guys for 30 starts that you know that you can then take some more later picks. And and if it's some upside to some other guys later on with the bat, that's okay. But Aaron Judge, once again, he's a potential league winner in the fourth or even fifth round, depending on the size of your league. I mean, it completely fits sort of what I'm looking for at this point for somebody who could win your league is a guy who, again, not going to be affected by any change in the ball. If he stays healthy, 
He's an absolute monster. I'm I'm more heavily invested in Aaron Judge than I realized when I first started sort of looking at this. I was like, oh, I have I have uh, Aaron Judge in about 50% of my team. So I'm right there with you. I'm taking the risk, despite the fact that he's obviously more expensive than, you know, some of the other guys that we've talked about. All right. That brings us to number one for you and me, Dan Harris. The floor is yours. Who is your number one league winner in fantasy baseball 2021? It is Josh Bell. We know about the mm. huge 2019 season, right? Okay, so he slashed 277, 367, 569. Another guy, by the way, who went through a very cold stretch right in the middle and then kind of rebounded at the end that made me buy into it a little more terrible last year. Really, really terrible. 669. OPS. He said he had trouble with his swing. He, you know, on the layoff, he worked with his dad. He got into some bad. That's huge, by the way. You should Google a picture of Josh Bell's dad. But um, you, he got into some bad habits. Is he the guy from Bell Biv DeVoe? I'm, I'm just, sorry. Just, it's another music go, reference. Google, Google him right now. No, just, I, I know. All right. Bell Biv DeVoe. All right. Josh all right. Bell's dad. Yeah. Okay. Just Google Josh Bell's dad. Um, but regardless, he had some <sighs> terrible habits that he got into. And the thing is, you don't need to look at his numbers to know that. Watch him throughout the this season. He looks like he's 12 different players with the way his stance is, with the way his swing is. He was just fiddling around like an absolute maniac, couldn't get it together. He was very honest about that, traded to the Nationals, so he's in a good lineup. He looks really good this spring. Again, I hate this because I feel like I'm sounding like I care that much about spring stats, but when there are these guys that you are looking to see something from, a change in approach, it's not just the numbers, which is 385, 457, 897, the five homers and the five doubles already in spring. Watch him. Watch a game. See how comfortable he looks. See how his stance looks tight. His swing looks tight. He's not changing anything up. This is a guy who I'm telling you, he's at 140 in consensus ADP. I'm at 123. I still feel like I'm too low, but this is a guy who, if everything goes right, could be an absolute monster, my number one league winner. I love this one because you could draft him as a corner guy yep. and he might end up performing like a top 10 first baseman. And that oh, is yeah. that is terrific value. And first base isn't great this year. He's having a great spring. Yes, his dad, Ernest Bell, is a big man. That is a big, big strong dude, dude, right? I'm telling I you. want him in a fight with me, that's for sure, <laughs> on my side. Uh, I'm taking him for sure. And... <laughs> Look, Josh Bell just found himself the polar opposite, like the complete antithesis in terms of lineup, right? You go from the Pirates where there's a yes. nobody around you to Juan Soto, Trey Turner, uh, Kyle Schwarber, Victor Robles. There's just so much there now. It's a good situation for him. Uh, my number one, well, it's easy because Dan Harris and I opened up a spite <laughs> store in Tout Wars this past weekend. It's called the Shohei Otani Spite Store. That's oh. right, because they made a big stink about... You got to declare him as a hitter or a pitcher and every league does it differently. And honestly, it's a little confusing sometimes. Okay. Short story for you to take the long story and, and yeah. cut it down. Yeah. I have all the Otani. Now I control the horizontal. As I told you yesterday, I control the vertical. I have Shohei Otani, the pitcher. I have Shohei Otani, the hitter. I have Shohei Otani, the breakfast cereal. I have Shohei Otani, everything. Okay. And I'm telling you right now, I'm excited about it because the dude is tearing the cover off the ball. He looks filthy on the mound. Yes, I know it's spring, so sometimes he's tweaking with things, and sometimes he's, you know, giving up some more runs than you want on it. But the velocity is sick. He's touching 100 on the gun right now, which kind of scares me. This is it. You want to talk about fork in the road, make or break seasons? This is it for Shohei Otani. If he hits 30-plus home runs and throws 100 quality innings for the Angels, he will be MVP. And I will win Tout Wars along with Dan Harris and with Scott Bogman. And then when we do, 
Guess what? Shohei Otani jerseys for everybody. We're all getting a jersey. You, me, oh, Bogman. It's on me. I will man of my word. We're all going to get Otani jerseys. And we're going to take a virtual picture of the three of us together wearing them. It's going to be beautiful. But look, uh, you have to understand your league and the setup and how yeah. it works. And because you have the hitter, the pitcher, the hitter very well might also just be a league winner on his own. But if you're getting points on a weekly basis for him just as an entity, uh, I, like I said, you have to understand how your league is dealing with him and every league is dealing differently. And I don't know if there's a right answer or wrong answer, but at the end of the day, Otani's talent is through the roof and his ability to help your fantasy team on both sides of the ball, which is something we talk about, you know, <laughs> not so much in baseball. It's kind of stunning, but I, I think Otani can be that kind of player and he's still pretty cheap. Oh yeah. I, in first of all, if you're in like a daily lineup league where you can move him in between, if he's one player between pitcher and hitter. I mean, his value is just through the roof because, again, they've tried to baby him and keep him healthy, and it obviously has not worked. And I think Joe Madden's just like, well, screw that. I mean, what's the difference? Let's just get him out there as much as possible. I don't think he'll hit on the days he pitches because I think that puts them in a little bit of a bind with losing the DH. But I do expect him to basically be in the lineup every other time. If you can do him as two people, as we couldn't tout wars, I think that that is worth it on both ends. Yeah, man, it's just health. That he's going to be an absolute monster on both sides of the ball. So I, I love this so. as a league winner. Now, as as Dan said, I mean, sometimes we always try to do the mailbag questions, but he answered about five hundred plus questions yesterday between all yes. of us. So we're just going to take one question, which I think is actually really good, and it's from Chris Pennitz, and he wants to know: I run a six by six head to head cats league. We use quality starts and slugging as the extra categories. Okay, is using quality starts this year a terrible idea? because of the way pitchers are being used. Now, this is a great question. I actually think it's better than wins because it's going to be hard enough just to get to quality start, let alone to a W some days too, like because how the bullpens are and all this other stuff. I'm actually okay with quality starts in general because I think, once again, it's not perfect. There's nothing perfect. If you want to use the combination one, you can too. How do you feel about this? Because I'm getting a lot of this. How do we deal with the category of wins or the category versus quality starts in this specific season with all these weird wrinkles that we're not used to. Yeah, I don't really usually care about quality starts if people are like, well, how does this affect my value? It usually doesn't. But I I agree with you here, Joe, where I think this year in particular, it might be beneficial to use it because I do think that it's going to make the better starters worth even more because of the fact that so many clubs are going to be careful about innings that it's going to let the guys who are going to throw these six innings, the seven innings, even more valuable. So I'm okay with it as an extra one. I do kind of like, though, the combination of wins and quality starts as a single category. That's usually how I do it. But I'm okay with it this year, and I do think that it will reward a little bit the better pitchers, more so than usual. Uh, By the way, I don't know if you saw this yesterday, too. We talked about with Alex Fast, and I actually took him in our mock, and Alex was mad about it. Freddy Peralta locked up the fifth spot. I just want to throw that out there, too, if you're looking for some pitchers and, uh, you know, some fifth starters are all going around now. Keep an eye. Carlos Rodon, of all people, picked up the White Sox fifth star. He's been lights out. I think he's got, like, 10 strikeouts, no walks. No earned runs. <laughs> like I mean, the guy's been untouchable and he's, you know, this is his last moment too. So keep an eye on these fifth starter jobs. Uh, they're very important, especially in the head to head formats. All right, let's play a little what's trending with my good pal, Dan Harris. We take some things that are trending on Twitter and turn them into a little baseball and a whole lot of fun. Let's start with, I don't know if you saw this or not, but Dodger fans uh, put up a little money there and they actually purchased a billboard outside of Fenway park, thanking <sighs> Red Sox fans for giving them Mookie bets. 
And I'm going to ask you, is this the greatest troll job ever? It's really good. I, I mean, I'm not going to necessarily say it's the greatest troll job ever, but I did see that. And I was and I live in the New England area. My in-laws are not happy about that, but I, it's 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 phenomenal. It's amazing. I, I love it. I'll, I'll call it top five ever. I'm not willing to, to go number one. I, lo- I love when people do stuff on billboards because it's so old school in your face. Like everything's but so you digital. can't avoid it. Right. If you're driving right. in, it's just like, oh, God, Mookie Betts like, right there. It's like right there in front of Fenway Park. Dude. Yep. And that's just that's it's all about the billboard placement, you know, yep. in a in a digital age. The the hard drive, you know, <laughs> static version of a troll job. There's something still beautiful about yeah. that. I like yeah. it. Let's go billboard. All right. I know this was very tough for Dan to get over. I know he was really upset about this news yesterday. Uh, Chrissy Teigen, um, very you know famous gal, yes. uh, wife of John Legend. He's a musical artist. Just want to put that a out what? John Legend. A what? Music, plays music. Uh, very talented I don't know what guy. that is. Never Actually met him in a Nick game. Very nice guy. Ah. I like John Legend. Um, wonderful singer too. But she left Twitter. Chrissy Teigen was very popular. Millions of Twitter followers. But we see this, you know, famous people get upset. They leave Twitter. Inevitably, they all come back to Twitter because sure. they can't stand not being the center of attention. So here's a question I'm going to ask you. What happens first? Carlos Carrasco returns from his hamstring injury or Chrissy Teigen comes back to Twitter. Now, I'm putting these two things out there because you've got about six to eight weeks or so for Carlos yes. Carrasco. So I want to give you that time frame. Which happens first? Teigen back to Twitter or Carrasco back to the hill? As I often do in fantasy baseball, I'm going to fade the injury, especially the soft <laughs> tissue injury, even though we are Mets fans. So Wait, as much we're as talking we're talking about Carrasco, right? Soft yes. tissue? Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know, because some some people, some celebrities are very soft and they very get hurt true. a lot when people of say course, new things about Of course. Them. Okay. I know that's exactly what you meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, PG-13 this podcast. So yeah. let's say that six to eight weeks, I'm going to push that more to like, Eight to 12 weeks is the better timetable because it's Carlos Carrasco. So I will say that Chrissy Teigen beats that timeline, comes back before Carlos Carrasco. I'm going to agree with you. I think Chrissy Teigen's back on Twitter before Carlos Carrasco is back on the rubber. All right. Uh, Last, uh, Diana Ross's birthday is today. Uh, One of the famous. What is she? uh, What is she? She's a singer. A singer, Dan Harris. Uh, a trio called the Supremes. I was going to ask you, you're a big Motown guy. Uh, I am a big Motown guy. Big okay, okay, hold band. on. If we want to talk about music, yeah, like that's like my music, right? That's Give me your some music Motown. Your I'm youth. fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> From when I was, you know, junior high. So she turned 76 years young today. So good on her. I'm going to ask you, who's the best trio of pitchers in a rotation in Major League Baseball? Supremes were a great trio. Oh, no. Maybe even the greatest trio in all of Motown. But. Who's the best trio here of pitchers? Uh, you can go a couple different spots. If they're healthy, is it the Nationals, potentially, yeah. with Corbin and Scherzer and Strasburg? You know, if Carrasco was healthy, you might even be talking about the Mets, possibly. Or is it the Atlanta Braves? That's yeah. another one you could throw Braves, out there. Yeah, I was There's thinking about them. Ones. I mean, you know you know, I love me some Marlins, even though they're under the radar. Um, hey, I'm okay with the Marlins one, too. The, the tricky thing with this is it is hard to find a rotation that's got three really solid guys in it. Yeah. It really is, good actually. It really is. Uh, you know what? Right now, this is a little under the radar. You mentioned them, though. I'm going to go with the Braves because, again, I do think Freed is going to be quality. I love me some Ian Anderson and Charlie Morton right now. I'm getting all the Charlie Morton that I absolutely can. So I'll go with those. But that's a great question. That's a great question. There are a lot of good uh, choices. I'll go with the Braves. 
All right, there you have it. Uh, I do want to thank our sponsor of today's show, Prize Picks. Again, go to prizepicks.com or get the app and start playing today and use that code PROS to get in there. They're going to match you dollar for dollar up to $100. You want to get involved in that. Also, get involved in leading off starting next week. Oh my God, the season starting next week. We've also got a great show coming up. We have a bullpen special, which you're all going to need. We're all going to need this. Aaron Pags, uh, contributor to the Black Book, yep. who hosts a show just about bullpens is going to come on and break down all these bullpens for you short term long term uh it's the first time we're doing this they're letting me kind of uh kind of craft some things here and i think this is going to be a crucial show for all that first week of wafer wire pickups so you're not going to want to miss that but make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel fantasy pros mlb don't forget also go to fantasypros.com slash draft wizard to get that draft assistant if you got drafts this week or next week coming up and Thanks to our friends at Pristine Auction. Go get involved in that Juan Soto giveaway also, fantasypros.com slash MLB contest. That'll do it for us, but the story of the game goes on. For Dan Harris, I'm Joe Pizapia. We'll see you next time, kids. 